Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Fanboys Anonymous Fan Tracks podcast. I am your host, Tony Mango, and joining me on the panel here is from Everything Action, Chris Cheng. What's going on, Chris? Not much, Tony. How are you doing? Not too bad, but a little bit tired, but my energy level is going to go up a little bit because we're going to be watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, and that's a fun fucking movie. So you can't be tired when you're watching that, right? Oh, can't. No. It's full of excitement. And uh, the reason we're doing this, obviously, is because of the upcoming release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 coming out in uh, about two weeks or so. I think it's like May 5th or something. Exactly. Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> really? It's a, Oh, yeah, that's right. So that's it's a party movie, and it's a party atmosphere for that day, so people are going to get real drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. This movie might be even better when you're drunk, I don't know for sure, but it's great on its own. And what we're going to be doing here, if you don't know what the Fan Tracks podcast is, is it's an audio commentary track. We're going to be watching the movie, and we basically are approaching it from the point of view of just, like, bullshitting with your buddies and hanging around, cracking jokes and stuff like that. We didn't work on the movie, so we can't talk about, like... Well, it was hard to get the lighting in this thing and all that other kind of crap. We could, but it would be bullshit. So <laughs> I don't think you guys want to hear us do that. But we also can't provide you the movie on YouTube if you're watching this there or if you're on the iTunes and stuff. You can't watch the movie at the same time on iTunes anyway. But what you can do is you can sync up your DVD or your Blu-ray or your stream or whatever you're watching this on. And I'll be giving you a countdown of three, two, one, play. And just make sure that you bypass all the FBI warnings and the menu and all that kind of stuff. And it'll be a black screen and it'll start off with a little title card that says that it's Earth and the year and all that. Because no uh, intro stuff is going to be in this from what we're watching and everything. So if you keep that in mind, then get ready because we are going to start in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, play. So... There we go with uh, the Earth thing should be popping up just about like now. 1988. Year after I was born. Good year, I'm assuming, since I was alive. (laughs) This actually could be it. This could be like the hospital visit. (laughs) (laughs) It's a boy. Oh no, he's ruined. Good music in this, of course. A lot of people love the soundtrack, and I don't know what they're going to be doing for the soundtrack for the new movie because I purposely don't want to know ahead of time. Oh. Well, I I don't want to spoil it then. It, it's good. They have a good. It, I know they have a Hasselhoff track at some point. That's the only thing I had seen. Well, it's like late '80s, early '90s track, just to like match up what's going on. So, because the one thing about the movie was like how surprisingly good the soundtrack was. So, um. Just because the tra- the first tra- teaser trailer to this was just bizarre. <laughs> it like got people confused. And then when this movie came out, it was such a smash hit. It was like, holy shit, you should so see this. Like, And this movie, I mean, we should definitely talk at the beginning of this when it's all, you know, no action and everything. Everybody looked at this, myself included, as, oh, this will be the first failure. Like, there's no yeah. way they can take a movie about a tree and a raccoon and make it good. And I was fucking great. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it it's a it, on its on itself. Like, if this wasn't part of the bigger MCU universe, it's a good sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fam- like I'm not sure if, how familiar are you with Guardians of the Galaxy? Like the different versions they they kind of had throughout the years. Not too much. I know like some basic stuff, and a lot of it I learned after the movie came out, but. Like this, I know that this isn't the original team because Yondu was a part of the original team. Yep, yep. But 
Like, I did not have a clue what Cosmo the Space Dog was when this movie came out. And Really? Oh, yeah, it's, like, deep. That's deep. Like, no, not a lot of people aren't familiar with the Cosmic Marvel. Like, I, that of the Marvel things I'm, um, I know, it's, like, the spiritual, like, Doctor Strange stuff, and then, like, the Cosmic, which is, like, the Guardians and then Silver Surfer when he's not with Galactus. Like, it's just right. other things, so. I know more Cosmic than I know the Mystical. Like, I... Uh, even when Doctor Strange came out, it was like I knew I have Agamotto and I knew who Wong was. But when people are starting to bring up like the what are they called, like the Night Dreamers or something, and I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know who those people are. No, I, no, I, yeah, <laughs> that's too far for me. Like you ask me about Thanos, I know a little bit. You know, I uh, like the I know we're we're probably gonna get like Corvius in the next movie, and um. I know about like the Heralds of Galactus and stuff, but like Guardians always went under the radar for me. I never knew what Guardians of the Galaxy was. I caught the um the Yondu like version two team, which is just like they had all these misfits. Like, like this is before Star Lord was just like I should be in charge. Like this is just Yondu and a bunch of people in speedos. Like <laughs> no idea. And this, I think, uh, is the first movie that they had this where you didn't start off with the Marvel intro and that threw me off so much. Yeah. There was like that page flip formula, which they just avoided this time only because yeah, this thing, which like, this is how you knew to like stop talking to the theaters and get ready. And this is Plus a good the intro bi- that they've got going on too. Oh, really, really long before it was just the pages and the Marvel. Now it's like zooming out and around, but Man, Peter not looking at his dying mother is such a dick move. I, I remember, like, looking at people in the theaters going, like, right, like, the fuck? He didn't look at his mom? Like, asshole. Twenty-six years later. <laughs> meanwhile, in Prometheus... <laughs> And this is another intro thing, too, that was just sort of like, I would not have expected a lot of the things that happened at the beginning of this scene, too. Oh, yeah. I think... It's very serious, and it's got that ominous kind of like, in the background, and it cuts into something that I was like, I, I was still nervous when we were watching the scene of him with his mom, and I still wasn't sold on anything yet. As soon as he starts dancing, I'm like, all right, I'm going to like this movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that I think that uh, purposely did that, to not... But, like, the last trailers, like, once this movie was making money, and they kind of spoil half of it, like, they showed everything. They're like, you haven't seen this movie yet? Here's some clips to kind of get you there. <laughs> I usually try not watching that kind of stuff. And some movies stop doing that. Like, a lot, like, some movies stop making, like, a lot of trailers. Like, to, once it's in theaters, to brag about how good it is. Yeah. Um, but only like blockbuster movies that obviously are like are already have your money. They'll make like other trailers to kind of like get more people into it or see it again. Yeah, like, like a Star- couple weeks Star after Wars. it comes out, it's like you you missed all these good shots from the movie. Like, yeah, it's like hey, remember this? Come see it again. Give us eight dollars to watch it again. Like, um, yeah, There's Force Awakens has Gun's like dog. That was his real dog. Yeah, that's his real dog in that scene. It's the same wow. one that uh, is Cosmo, I think. Huh. <laughs> Also, we didn't know, like, anything about the story of this movie when it was coming out. We had no idea that there was going to be a whole Infinity Stone, but 
I mean, I figured like yeah, it seemed like it would thing. it would fit, you know. Yeah, we did see a little bit of the the idea of the orb, and a lot of people were like, the orb must be one of them. But yep, this is also before we knew that like the Infinity Stones could be encased into something, and well, they were like a tesseract thing. That was the thing about Dark World, Thor's Dark World. Yeah, the uh, the ether in that yep. one. Yep, <laughs> love this song though. <laughs> like Redbone, the the band. I think it's like their only hit. I don't I don't gotta like check, but it's like I had to Google them to figure out who sang this. <laughs> and every time, I don't know about you, every time that I'm um listening to this song, I want to just strut around and kick a bunch of little rat creatures. <laughs> <laughs> you want to hang out like an abandoned warehouse, the equivalent yeah. of this. It really sells you on the movie, though. You're yeah. like, how many minutes into the movie? You know, like five, six minutes or so. You understand like the seriousness around it, but the funny about Chris Pratt, like how he doesn't take things serious like this. And James Gunn had done, I think it was, um, Scooby Doo. He did Scooby Doo. It was like his biggest movie or something. So it's like I was not familiar with with uh, James Gunn at all. Really, I I love his movies. I, Let me double check to see what movies he's done. Maybe I have seen some of them. James Gunn has done like he does for a guy for a movie guy or like a writer and stuff. He does crazy amount of work. Like he he does um like music videos. He does like porn commentary sometimes because he, <laughs> he's friends with a lot of porn stars. I'm not joking. And then like he also he wrote a video game. Like it's just it's funny. And like, are you are you familiar with like trauma, trauma movies and stuff like that? No. He was um Lloyd. So Lloyd Kaufman is another like kind of like movie director. He's in this movie too. He's a hmm. cameo, and it's like that was his first like uh, like writing job was for him. And then it's like years later he like because Lloyd Kaufman's like a director, writer, actor, and it's like James Gunn like got into the Hollywood thing and. Like Lloyd isn't, but it's like he still honors that guy, like his like mentor. So there's a lot of cameos in this movie too. Like his brother being uh, one of the Ravagers, yep. and the stop motion for Groot. And looking at his IMDb right now, so he was uh, screenplaying the story for Scooby Doo and wrote Scooby Doo Two. <laughs> Slither, I never saw. Human Z, of course, I've never seen. Like we're, a lot we're of weird Slither. things. Worth things seeing Slither and um. All right, one one more. This part right here, this part of the trailer kind of overplayed a lot. The who thing? Yeah, yeah. It is a good send up though, because it's like in movies and stuff. It's always like you know, I'm Bond, James Bond. Oh my god, he's Bond, and it's like right. every once in a while you're gonna come across somebody who's like, who the fuck are you? Like, no. Plus, like. I- they're very aware that not a lot of people knew Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, mm-hmm. like they knew their target market wasn't like a lot of hardcore Marvel people. So it played on that. Plus, it played like, on the who names themselves Star Lord. You know, like <laughs> well, it was like the late seventies, so that's why. But this is something like like Stan Lee doesn't take credit for. Where like he's like, "Yep, I invented that." Uh-huh. This one's like not a, a Stan Lee thing. Now this is like Jack Kirby and like. Uh... Oh god, I'm blanking on the guy's name that was like the main creator of this now. <laughs> but it's it's got some Kirby elements to it and everything, like just Yeah, Kirby was one and... 
Kirby was the one like tripping balls on LSD and just making up <laughs> really weird characters. And apparently the name of the ship is the Milano named after Alyssa Milano. Which I don't blame him. Alyssa don't Milano, blame him, uh, if you're that age, she's like the perfect one that you would crush on. If you're any age, she's the perfect one to crush on. <laughs> so my thing is that Star-Lord knew he came from Earth, right? And he knew, like, he has a spaceship. How come he doesn't just, like, go to Earth? Yeah, I always thought about that, too. It's like, he probably, by this point, with him and the Ravagers, have had some kind of interaction with Earth. Because there's also the idea of, what's up with the batteries on his um, tape player? Yeah, how does he power it? It can't possibly last forever, and... Is there really going to be an issue where, like, he goes to another planet and it's like, do you have any Earth batteries? And they go, oh, yeah, I go there all the time. Well, then wouldn't he <laughs> want to go back? You know, like, there's a lot of, like, plot holes when it comes to that kind of stuff. There's Barit. There's apparently <laughs> a, somebody in the comics. Yeah, she's, um, she's, I guess, it, again, if you read a lot of cosmic Marvel series stuff, she's, a like, an important character in that, but minor role in this one super and it's super like if you don't know her you just don't know her yeah i had no idea who she was i just assumed that she was like that they were pulling a a captain kirk kind of thing and they were like oh you know it'd be kind of funny if he was like banging an alien chick and i'm looking up after the movie and it's like you know top 10 easter eggs and it's like brit was the first comic issue is whatever i'm like (laughs) out of all the tv shows i've seen all the comics that i've read all the movies never came across a brit before but (laughs) <laughs> that's because there's so many goddamn characters and everything like yep well, can't blame him, Michael Rooker cute. it's like this is just Michael Rooker like it's not exactly yeah I still don't know what the Yondu character is because he is just Michael Rooker so it's like if Yondu's like this in the comics then perfect casting if he's not <laughs> he's I don't care. not like uh in the comic version he doesn't have like really fucked up like you know shark teeth <laughs> and then he um <laughs> He's, got he's actually like a noble, and... like kind of like swords guy, not like this where he's just like, like a like a redneck. Yeah, he's very southern in this. Yep, like I'm he's just get you, boy. Like he's just like uh, his character from like The Walking Dead, kind of. <laughs> Apparently, he's going to be a big part of uh, Volume Two. It's going to be like the Ravagers are going to be half of the villains. Yeah, well, I guess like they get because the thing about the Ravagers, which was one of the newer things is that they're just mercenaries. They just follow Leandu, but at any moment they can rebel. It's like, just cause they're just like, a, they're all like separate contractors then. Yeah. They're all like just pirates. There's no yeah. like loyalty, loyalty. Yeah. So I guess that comes and in play into the new movie where someone besides like Yandu, like, like tries to fight for control and they're just like, Oh, that's that guy's in charge now. Which may or may not be uh Sylvester Stallone's character. I mean, that makes sense, because it's kind of like, well, here comes this, like, diesel space guy. <laughs> oh, I want to be a Ravager. <laughs> All right, Space Rambo, you're in charge now. <laughs> Yadu can change. I can change. <laughs> <laughs> now, Ronan the Accuser, I was familiar with before the movie, because I had seen him in references with, like, Thor and stuff. But, I, I've yeah, I, I I've seen him in other things, but as a good guy, because he's like yeah, he's not kinda. really a bad bad guy. 
he's not like pure evil like he's presented in this movie. He's he's yeah. kind of just like kind of like Galactus a little bit where it's like yeah, he's bad. And he's bad more often than not, but there's going to be those times where it's sort of like let's fight for the better good, like mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't hammer some dude strapped in a chair, you know, like you wouldn't smash some guy's face in to make like a a blood pool, <laughs> but like <laughs> You know, like he still was. If you had a, if you crossed his path, and like if his, you held him back in a goal. Yeah, he'll fight you, but not like this. Yeah, now he's just sort of like, like a zealot kind of uh, weird cult leader kind of. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of. Um, I'm not. Sh- I, mean, I know you don't know a lot of Mortal Kombat references, but like Shao Khan is like this. Yeah, kind of just like that vicious overlord yep. type of guy. Plus, Shao Kahn has, like, a hammer, so it's just like, man, they stole this. Now, I'm really curious if they're going to do a lot with Nebula in Infinity War. She's a big part of that in the comics. I wasn't familiar with Nebula a lot. I was just like, oh, okay. So, because I like Thanos in the 90s where he didn't really bring up his family a lot. It was just like, you just fought him. Like, um, in the original Infinity War, like, comic arc, where he just, he just wanted to press death. That was his whole concept. Which, are you on the same page as I am about this, where, we know the Cape, uh, Cape Lanchette is Hela, and if she's, like, you know, basically, basically sort of, like, an overruler of death in certain different ways, why not just kind of combine the two? Because Cape Blanchett could play like well death and hella the same thing and it's just sort of like i can see Kate blanchett being one of those like manipulative people that can control thanos you know mm-hmm. but the thing is death didn't have like a goal but this Kate blanchett's character like wants to destroy asgard so that's true it's stanley different. of course we gotta bring that up yep The fucking movie with the tree and the raccoon, and they end up being as beloved or more than some of the other characters that are out there. More people like uh, Groot than like Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, that's weird to think. People just like simple-minded creatures. Then it's like it's insane for Marvel to figure out because like there's certain characters that always are universal, going to be around, always going to speak to people, like Spider Man, Captain America, Batman, or whatever. Then you have, like, here's a tree that only says its name. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, imagine the pitch to the people that, like, it's good that Marvel Studios has enough people that are all comic book geeks that they know a lot of this stuff. But imagine a guy like a Bob Iger, who really isn't that steeped into the lore. And he's like, so, what are some of the other ones that are coming up on the slate that you're working on? And it's like, well, we've got a a sequel to Captain America. It's going to be, like, a political thriller. We're going to get Robert Redford. It's going to be real... Real timely. Oh, that sounds great. You know, talk about like peace and war and everything. What else you got? We got um the sequel to Thor. We've got, you know, they're going to have this big uh, action set piece where like the whole world might explode because of other realms are merging. All right. Sounds kind of con- interesting. I don't quite get it, but what else you got? Well, we got one with a tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What do you mean with a tree? No, it's, no, it's great. The tree's great. All he says is I'm Groot, but... <laughs> Don't worry, well, his talking is, raccoon friend will help translate. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I think it's like James Gunn is more of like a like a hip like a not like horror action or anything like that. It's kinda like you wouldn't he would not be in a Disney movie associated based on right. his track record. 
And it's just like, yep, and we're getting the guy who made, like, you know, this fucking, like, graphic Rob Zombie music video. It's just like, what? That guy? Yeah, well, you can't talk to him yet because he's working on a porn thing, but... Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. They're just like, oh, okay. That's why James Gunn didn't do a lot of, like, on-screen, like, Disney interviews, because it's like, you do not want to put them in front of kids or anything. <laughs> but it's a good thing that they got a good cast here, they got a good... Whoever, um like broke the idea of them setting it in this universe, the way that they set it in with like incorporating Thanos into the picture and doing all that. It made a good like framework for this to work with. Cause without that connectivity, it does seem a little bit weirder, you know? Hmm. This doesn't, it at parts, it does feel like a filler movie just because you get more like, um, like infinity stones involved, but on its own, like, it does have its own, like, arc. Like, it's just... Because, again, Thanos is just kind of watching from his house, like, what's going on here? He just, he's no involvement. It's all about, like, um, you know, the the stone kind of switching between the Inquisitor and then, like, them. So. And then, of course, like, Thanos is like, well, I gotta get my stone back so I can make my glove. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds so weird. 20-something movies by the time we get to Infinity War, and it'll be like, so the overall picture of this whole thing was, there's this purple dude who's got this bling that he wants on his glove. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the, the goal for, like, just to get Infinity Wars, is that this love needs stones. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad, too, future... uh, speaking of, with Rocket's voice just reminding me of this, that they didn't do the Australian kind of Cockney thing. Yeah, which, again, I was used to that from, like, the video games where Rocket was featured, and it's very, like, dirty European-sounding, and it's, like, it's just Bradley Cooper, who I imagine, I, I could not, you know, Bradley Cooper could do this kind of voice. Big-ass fucking gun. <laughs> Poor Groot. I don't know too much about the Nova Corps. Were you uh, familiar with them ahead of time? I was. But I know like a little bit because like I know this. that they're kind of like um, like a not sort of a bit like a poor man's Green Lantern Corps kind of, but... Oh no, they, they're blatantly the Green Lantern. Except um, you don't need to be like chosen. You could just find... You can be recruited by them personally or if you find their helmet and put it on, you just become a Nova person. That's how the kid Sam gets it, right? Yep, he just fought, his dad was a Nova Corps person, so he just puts on his old his dad's helmet and just like I'm a Nova person now. <laughs> and John C. Riley, that's like I wouldn't have pictured him popping up in a in a Marvel movie outside of something crazy, and you got to put him in the craziest movie, of course. Glenn Close was like, "What the fuck? She's gonna be in this kind of a thing?" Like, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. Once you kind of play Quilla DeVille, just like anything you're in now, it's just whatever. But you she acts a lot well of these it. Um, people are probably like when they talk to their grandkids and stuff, it's like, I'm going to be in a superhero movie. Oh, who are you going to play? Like, you know, you're going to be Aunt May or whatever. No, I'm going to be Nova Prime. Who? <laughs> <laughs> That's not someone I know. Well, no, not yet. Here's the usual suspects. <laughs> <laughs> 
I wish when they were doing this that they would have had Benicio del Toro on the scene for it, so he could have just popped up and started doing Fenster lines. Oh man! Cause it's I wish there was a, a behind the scenes. Like, Who, uh, who stole a fucking truck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wish there's like a behind the scenes extra where he gets behind this just to like do that, like on the on his break. This is one of my favorite movies, Usual Suspects. And apparently in that interrogation scene, it wasn't planned for them to be cracking up all the time. But they kept laughing because uh, Del Toro wouldn't stop farting. <laughs> Which is like... That's so good. Peter, so I, did, I did like that in the trailer 2 had that scene with the lineup and the finger thing. And uh, I actually thought they wouldn't they would censor it. But like, the trailer scene and this version are different. And the same thing with a uh, rocket pulling his crotch. They cut that out of the trailer stuff, and yeah, it's in the movie. The dude that was just in the scene a minute ago, Peter Serafinowicz, next to uh, John C. Riley. I, uh, after seeing the movie, I thought that that was Lee Pace without makeup on. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, you're doing two roles, Lee. Yeah, I was like, well, they must have just had him on that because he's wearing the makeup and the other thing or whatever. And then when I was looking up the cast afterward, I'm like, Sarah Finowitz? And then I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, of course it's him because I've seen him in other things. And like, yeah, he's in a ton a of things. Brain fart when I was watching the movie the first time. I remember him from Shaun of the Dead. I've never seen that, actually. You've never seen Shaun of the Dead? Oh, my God. Nope. Right, I saw Hot movie. Fuzz, but. Uh, wasn't the biggest fan of it. All right, well, it's like if you don't like one of them, you're not gonna like a lot of them because I assume so. Yeah, funny tone. Think about this: every time Vin Diesel is saying "I am Groot" in this movie, he's getting paid at least like twenty grand. <laughs> well, he did do it in multiple languages, so he put a little bit of effort into that with like "Yo Soy Groot" or yeah. "Mayamo Groot" or whatever. Vocabulistics. Wonder if he looked at a uh, Mike Tyson transcript to figure that quote out. <laughs> His vocabulistics. Now I don't remember. Was it this guy or is it a different guy that Nathan Fillion is? No, Nathan Fillion's the the big big monster later. Okay. And he's going to be in uh, Volume Two as a potentially two different people. Yeah, I like how they're very like tease like about it. Like they're they're they still haven't told what people what Sly's character is or what Nathan Fillion is gonna be or um I think there's another like, person another famous actor that I'm not I'm not mentioning. But for a long time they didn't tease what Kurt Russell was gonna be. Yeah, and then eventually when they were like he's a planet, we're like huh yeah <laughs> like okay and then it's like I'm what also he's dead. Star- yeah, he's I'm just dead. dead. He's now. also his planet. <laughs> It's like, is that, it's like, it's because, then it begs the question, it's like, is, does his Star-Lord's mom have cancer because she fucked a planet? That's a creepy looking shot of, uh, Groot, uh, not Groot, uh, Rocket. Of course we get the, um, the Peter Quill, uh, shower scene, but we don't get the Gamora one, <laughs> which is disappointing. I like how it wasn't water. It was just like Cheeto water or whatever. Like it just, it's whatever they bathed Trump in. <laughs> it's like they squeezed out a bunch of carrots. Yeah. Oh, anyway, the old man next to the guy with the dreads is Lloyd Kaufman, by the way. And he's in a blink and you miss it cameo. 
I wouldn't be able to tell him uh, who he is either. You gotta assume a lot of these people are like friends of his and stuff like that, because it's like, mm-hmm. you don't have any lines, just stand there. Yell shit. Yeah. I like how um this prison, the clothes has no rhyme and reason sometimes. Some people have shirts, some people have like tank tops. Short sleeves, some people yep. are, yeah. One's willing a full jumpsuit. Anyway, I think this is Nathan Fillion being hosted right now. That makes sense. Because you really can't tell with the face, so. Kind of like um Simon Pegg in uh, Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Put it behind something you can't really tell, and then they, they're still in the movie, but. Nobody would be like, oh, that's Nathan Fillion in, in purplish uh, <laughs> tint. Yeah, I um I did not know Simon Pegg was in Force Awakens. He kept talking, talking about talking about, it, and I was like, I did not see him. Apparently, Tom Hardy is going to be a stormtrooper in the next one, kind of like what Daniel Craig was. Which is fine. I I mean, we can say we're in that movie. We're also stormtroopers somewhere <laughs> in the movie. I like that dude that just popped up a second ago where he. Later on with the whole, that was my favorite knife. <laughs> <That's good laughs> and there we get our first shot of Drax. Which, of course, I'm most familiar with Batista for his WWE stuff from over the years. And I was just like, oh, God, they cast Batista in this movie. He's going to be a terrible actor. Pulls it off. Yeah, surprisingly. I think, like, if you ever seen his earlier movies, you'd be concerned, like, when he started kind of acting on the side of wrestling, kind of like what The Rock was doing at the time. He did something called, like, Man with Dragon Fist or something. Oh, he was in The Man with the Iron Fist. Man with the Iron Fist, which probably was just as good as uh, Iron Fist was. <laughs> oh, man. Because that was actually, not really all that I, great. I actually like watching The Man with the Iron Fist way better than I would see Iron <laughs> Fist. You're Batista. I was so waiting at any point in this movie for him to do his moves from like his standard finishers and stuff like for him to just pull up uh, pull out a Batista bomb out of nowhere and that entrance should have had pyro you know him doing the like double gun thing right I think like most wrestlers stopped doing that thing because once the rock started doing rock bottoms in movies it's like it got really gimmicky to do that I think right. John Cena stopped. Even John Cena had that in like the Marine. I think he he has famous moves like his choker moves and stuff like that. Now I was not familiar with uh, Drax outside of I knew Drax as being really tough guy in the cosmic universe that wants to kill Thanos. That's like all I knew about him. But there's a little angle that they put in with him being like I don't understand metaphors and stuff like that ended up being one of the better jokes of the whole thing like why would I do that with my finger on his neck and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that that's good of use of just getting people familiar with the universe and like how like our our normal interactions don't always make sense to like space people even this in this coming scene right here where he's explaining his wounds it it 
the people he's talking about, like, we have no idea what, the, what it is, but it because the way Chris Pratt delivers it, you understand it. Mm-hmm. All we know is, like, when he says a Cree girl, we know what yeah. the Cree is, but... I mean, even a lot of people that were watching the movie don't know what the hell the Cree is, because they don't know anything about these movies, so they're kind of like... They're going in blind, you know? They're like, well, Batman's gonna be in this one, right? Like, that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Gamora technically is a Cree? I'm not sure. I think she... I, I forget. It's like... She's also blue in the original one. So they made her green. Everyone got like a color palette swap. Because Drax is supposed to be green. Yeah, Drax is definitely green. Actually, uh, James Gunn addressed that the other day. He was saying, like, why do people think that he's green? He's clearly gray. <laughs> but he does have a little bit of a greenish hue to him. So I can I can see that too. Yeah, it's it's a lighting thing. It's got to suck to go through all that makeup, though, like hours and hours of them putting prosthetics on you and spray painting you. And Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's like you want the um, the look, but you also don't want to look too bulky and a fake like like latex look because um, I'm pretty sure like. They added a bit more detail to Batista, but then being like Gamora, they just kind of like, all right, we're just painting you green. Like today, here, here's here's where you're getting. Basically, yeah. It's no like, well, we need to add something like, I mean, there's a little bit around her eyes, but yeah, clearly it's not like that crazy. So it's like, mm-hmm. does it really take hours and hours just to make her green? You know, like give the poor woman a fucking break, figure out yeah, some just... spray paint system and make her not have to wake up as early in the morning for shoots. I mean- Back when they did, um, like, uh, X-Men for, like, Mystique's character, that's a full-body, like, latex Oof, yeah. thing. And it's, like, that's a pain Palpatine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this this is taken directly out of Star Wars. I mean, it, it is so Emperor Palpatine. This is a throwback to other uh, Thanos things, especially from uh, Avengers 1, because that's who he's talking to, is the, the voice. Yeah, the other. Yep. Who is, um, what's his face from the Buffy series? Uh, he's married to, um, the redhead. Oh my god, I'm blanking on her name too. Allison, something with an H. Hannigan. Really? Hmm. And he really served no purpose other than to get killed to show that Ronan is not messing like, around. Not to be <laughs> fucked with, yeah. You know, all this, like, crap on his face. Yeah, look, it's Cable. (laughs) I think he's a little bit weird in this scene, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's your thoughts of Josh Brolin being both Thanos and Cable in two different movies now? I really hope that they do some kind of reference about that in the movie. Deadpool has to say at some point just to be like, hey, Thanos, I mean, Cable. Yeah. <laughs> this smile coming up, too, is so, like, a weird choice for them to just be like, why don't you have this, like, shit-eating grin on your face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's like, it's too weird. 
Maybe because it's like watching Thanos smile is just bizarre. It's like the huge chin. <laughs> and it's like, what's he like? Is he one of those type of people that's like he's happy no matter what kind of a thing? Like his number two dude just got killed. And he basically said, like, you better not fuck up, dude. And you still got this job to do and whatever. And then he's like, yeah, but it's a good day. I had pancakes. This was amazing. Like, you know, <laughs> just, like, my chair is comfy as hell. <laughs> I mean, if he's not staring, his, his pal, Thanos's palace made no sense because it seems like space debris. And then he's staring at nothing when he's, like, turning around. Well, maybe it's, like, when old people sit out on, like, their front porch and watch cars go by. <laughs> he's just sort of sitting there in the, uh, like, the asteroid field. And every once in a while, a spaceship goes by. So, you know, like, oh, look at that one. That's a nice yeah. one. <laughs> That's what he's up to, just staring at traffic. <laughs> Drinking some lemonade. The chair actually rocks back and forth. <laughs> he's like, ah, it's a nice day. So I really like this scene. This was really cool to watch the background going on. It's not focused, but you know it's there. I like that storytelling. Yeah, where you you can tell in the background everybody's waiting for this to just be turning to shit. And, you know, Groot's going to be one of those type of characters. You can't really do too much with Groot other than to keep him as, like, a lovable type of dude. Oh, yeah. Which, by yeah. the way, it would have been great if we would have advertised this podcast as, like, um... Like one of the normal episodes, and just said "I am Groot" over and over again. <laughs> we should do an "I am Groot" edition of the film. I am Groot commentary. Instead of being like, Groot's a pretty funny character. Just go, I'm Groot. I'm we Groot. Need, you would I'm need Groot. like a bunch of people to keep that going for two hours, <laughs> or just record, uh, like. Oh, and I am Groot one. I am Groot, it. and set it on repeat. <laughs> See, I like um, Groot's powers because they're not really defined. They're just like, if it makes sense to the situation, it's a power now. Like, mm -hmm. you can make a shield out of branches. Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I'm not. I Groot. I wasn't too familiar with, but it's one of those things where his powers don't have a predefined set. He he can make shields, he can grow, he can, like, make leaves, you know, just whatever. And he's eating the leaves in that one scene. Yep. You know, the whole thing with Rocket being, like, the their tech guy, when they cross over with the Avengers in Infinity War, they have to have some kind of scene where he and Stark are together. I hope so. And he's just kind of like, I I'm working on a new suit with a fucking raccoon. Like, <laughs> or he builds his own kind of Iron Man suit using like spare parts. Iron rocket, rock yep. uh, raccoon. Totally love. Would love to see that. Basically, out of the any of the people that are in this group, I mean, other than really Gamora, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, she's the only one that wouldn't have a great interaction with Tony Stark because she's kind of just like the angry one. Drax doing the whole not going to understand anything. Tony Stark will throw out a, a line and it'll be like, I don't get it. Peter Quill's, co they're going to have some quips back and forth. Groot's going to be like, you know. Just the Groot, most lovable like, well person said. there. <laughs> well, if you think about this in Avengers sense, Groot is kind of like the Hulk of the team. Yeah, kind of. You got 
Stark as a raccoon. You got Hulk as a tree. You got Captain America as kind of like Gamora. Yeah, like a, a non-angry version of Gamora. Yeah. Kind of keeping up the, the fight sequences and the ideals and stuff. And Star-Lord's maybe, like every other character. <laughs> like Maybe Thor is uh, Drax. Yeah. Because, like, he doesn't... Thor doesn't always get, like, uh, Earth, like, culture and, and slang. Same thing with, with uh, Drax. He doesn't kind of get metaphors and, like, Quill's weird, like, like amateur attitude. And he's kind of like the secondary tough guy of the team, sort of. Yep. The whole leg bit is great. It, it is like a running joke with, with Rocket that I love that. Like, he brings it up again later. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, if you're watching this movie for the first time with our audio commentary, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> this shouldn't be your first time watching Guardians. No, not at all. Uh, I hope in the second movie, in volume two, there's a callback to that where they actually do need whatever the part is. And Quill is like, oh, come on, that's bullshit. And then it's like, oh, we really could have used that, like, <laughs> that arm or something, you know? like Yeah. Well, James Gunn, if, if you're familiar with his writing, like, he will reuse things just because it's, like, a theme. So I, I'm hoping he's smart enough to reuse it. Because that's another thing I love, like, the comedy about this. Like, how it's, like, the rule of three, the comedy mm-hmm. style. It, it, it plays. So another thing about um, freaking Nova Corps people is that they don't really need like these kind of weapons. Like they are a weapon. Yeah, they have like an energy projection type of source to them. If they're like real Nova Corps type of crew, right? Right, but maybe they in the movie verse they're breaking up where the Nova Corps. There's like divisions, maybe where like the ones we're used to in the comic are like the elite, and this is just like the foot soldier army of it. That makes sense. Like Nova Corps is just sort of like Galactic Police, and if you were like um, like the SWAT team, you're the ones that have the power, kind of a thing. Yeah, I hope they address that because I really want to see like Nova. But um, it's weird to think that there's a character named Nova, and then there is a division of Novas that are Nova Corps. And that's just like, come on, that's they did not think up the names through. Oh, it's kind of like the Green Lantern thing. I mean, you got. You're the Green Lantern of Earth, and so is five other people. Yeah, which so made it less special at that point. <laughs> at that point, it's like, um, you know, the Justice Leagues, they get the intercom, and it's like, well, Green Lantern, please report, and Guy Gardner, and Hal Jordan, and Kyle Rayner, and Simon Baz, and John Stewart, and it's like, they all yeah. just show up, and it's like, ah, I meant Hal. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, you gotta, of course, at the time, they didn't think thing, like, things like that, how popular, like, the like, kind of corp characters would be. Now we've got... I'm assuming we're going to get Nova in, like, some other kind of movie. I hope Maybe, so. like, um, Captain Marvel. Maybe it'll be, like, something like that, you know? So they can't yeah. do the kid right. in Captain uh, no, Marvel. Well, the kid kid angles could work, because Spider-Man was a kid, so it's mm-hmm. like, well, I can do the, the Sam version, where, you know, he's trying to get used to his Nova powers, but... If they do a standalone movie, I think it'll be the kid. Kind of like 
you know, like his dad, uh, you got to um, be the introduction to the world for the audience. Oh my God. I didn't know that my dad was an Overcore member, like that kind of thing. And, well, they don't also, they don't necessarily have to be on Earth. Like, Nova Corps are, make more sense at this end of the galaxy where it's common to have space police. Mm-hmm. So they don't, they aren't tied by, like, having to be in Earth. By, this movie proves that you don't need to make a Marvel movie that always takes place in, like, New York. Right. Which, is, apparently, there's going to be only, like, a little bit of Earth in Thor. Uh, Which is good. The Red Rock. I, I, I want that, because I want to see, like, beyond uh, Asgard and the galaxy. This is like, because Ragnarok is like further. It's like one of the, even further from this. It's super Although at space. the same time, I think you'd probably agree with this too. Like it, it'll be really fun to see the guardians on earth. And yeah. with that kind of stuff. So, but it, you didn't need to see it in this movie at the very least. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised kids aren't afraid of star Lord. The eyes are intense. If I was five, I, I don't know if I could watch that, like, mm-hmm. see that look. There's nothing forgiving about it. He looks like a villain. Yeah, he looks like, because it's just, it's just like the most sinister looking eyes, on, like, they're unflinching. Just dead eyes. Like, they, they look like they're, like, from an insect or something. Like, if you told me this was a villain, I'd be like, yep, this is what, like, a villain would wear. Maybe change the hair a little bit, but yeah. It okay. It looks like a robot with a toupee. Like yes, yeah. <laughs> I know what that look is. It's when RoboCop's like, I'm tired of the bald look. You know. <laughs> See, not all songs in the Guardians Galaxy soundtracks are winners. <laughs> you know, like uh. Pina Coladas. <laughs> I've I've heard the song way too much, but it's played ironically half the time. Right. It's it is weird though to see him like floating through space with the song playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even if I don't like a lot of the songs, like I really I I'm not a fan of the Pina Colada song. Okay, okay. And, so you get um, you get what I mean about it. It's not yeah. like I don't want to listen to this while I'm driving. No, there's uh the um can we get your love at the beginning of it? That's a great song. Mm-hmm. Um. Even though I think it's overplayed, uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough, I think like everybody, at least to a certain extent, likes that song. Almost every wedding I've been to, that always plays. Right. And that gets everybody pumped up, and it's like, it's actually kind of sad in this movie, instead of being something like too energetic. Right, right. But yeah, some of the other songs, it's like, I totally get why they put it in there, and it makes mm-hmm. sense, and I wouldn't have wanted them to change it, but right. yeah, I'm not going to download uh <laughs> Pina Colada and be like, yeah, it's fucking Mar- Galaxy- Mar- Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Right. They do such a good job with just like, I mean, at this point in the movie, or if you're watching this for the first time, you're pretty much accepting of the idea that there's this talking raccoon that interacts with them. Like, you're not even thinking about it, of just yeah. kind of being like, well, why is there a raccoon still? Like, how is a raccoon in space? Did they take it from Earth? It's just, you're just kind of like, oh, no, he's a little prick. And apparently he knows how to make guns and stuff. Like, you know. He's just a being now, like. I think at this yeah at this point in the movie they did a really good te- job by just mentioning what quickly what he is but not really going to the point where like you have to stop and ask everyone around you like dude you get why right 
Drax is a pretty simple thing, but it's like he's a he's a humanoid looking alien, and you just go like he's the same as Gamora. Okay, they're green and gray and whatever, but they look like humans, and it's fine. The tree thing sort of like you write them off a little bit. The raccoon's talking the same as everybody else's, and it's just <laughs> strange. But nobody questions it. I don't remember seeing a single review after this movie came out where people are like, I wish that the raccoon would have been a human character or something. Right, you know, right. Like... I, got, I got a problem with that that joke that he makes, the Jackson Pollock thing. <laughs> how that does, was how so do, good. It's good, but I'm like, how does the raccoon, like, how does Rocket know what Jackson Pollock is? And then, like, Quill's, like, in his 30s, but it's like, when did he go to Earth to, like, look, like, no art history to know what Jackson Pollock is? Yeah, it kind of implies that he's a little kid that knows Jackson Pollock. Which is impressive. Like, if you're, he left Earth at, like, eight and understood it. But, like, I didn't know what Jackson Pollock was when I was, like, Hell no. kind of, like, a kid. Like, and the movie Pollock came out when we were kids. <laughs> so, if anything, like, we should have known that, but. <laughs> it's such, such a Southern hit character. Mm-hmm. You might as well have had a scene where the Ravagers are like putting um, a spaceship without like its uh, tire equivalent on somebody's lawn. <laughs> Just like it's on cinder blocks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the propulsion's gone, but it'll just sit there for a little bit. We'll fix it up. It'll be a nice fixer upper. <laughs> this would be a butte one day. <laughs> then they just go mudding. Flying by a bunch of spaceships, and one of them has the um, General Lee painting <laughs> kind of Confederate flag kind of logo on it. And he is going to get the Mohawk in the next movie, not just this little, like, not I, don't, I don't even know what you call thing. it. Yeah, kind of just looks like somebody took like a book and shoved it into his brain. <laughs> That's one of the, in the background, in the tube is one of the Dark Elves. If I remember correctly, if that's the exact one, I think it is. Yeah, that's from Thor. So it's like, that's kind of cool. It's kind of weird that, like, he keeps some of these boxes and they just, like, don't do anything. Yeah, it's like, does he feed them? Like, do they shit? (laughs) Yeah, just hang out in boxes. And Stan Lee was supposed to be in that. That was his cameo originally, was that he was going to be in one of those tubes. As they like, were like Stanley, <laughs> yeah, like, and they they thought that it was like oh, this is a little bit creepy because it kind of seems like you abducted Stanley and put him in there. <laughs> but we get uh, a lot of people went nuts thinking, oh, that shot too of the celestial. When they said celestial in the um, theater, I was sitting there going like, oh my god, they're talking about celestials! Like, did not expect that to happen in this movie. Mm. And then they show them later, and I'm like, there's fucking Celestials in a movie now. Like, we're talking about a universe where it was crazy to think that they would do the lizard in the second Spider-Man movie. People are like, oh, he's just a scientist. He's not going to turn into a lizard in the future. And then you get Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're like, let's talk about the Celestials and, like, whatever. And you're like, yeah. the Deviants but are going to pop up and everything. And they They go in deep stuff that, like... It, it's a nice way of showing it without being too overbearing where the movie has to stop and explain. Mm-hmm. So this hey, movie you don't knows... need to know what the Celestials are. Right. You just know like they're a thing and they're huge. 
and again, here's here's a group I can do this now. Like <laughs> for the right moment. I like his theme too. What do you mean? Groot's uh like the music in the background, the little square. It's uh, a little bit more prominent when he's doing the whole self sacrifice thing. Oh and okay. um when he does the like the kind of like the firefly looking thing at the yep, end. Yep. I love space gambling in the future. It's just, it makes no sense. Things die. <laughs> There's fire. I love it. It makes about as much sense as that game in Star Wars. The, uh, <laughs> that's like that chess kind of thing, but it's like the one of them body slams the other one. And... Somehow somebody lost money. <laughs> yeah. I love how it's like, this is one of the first few movies where like, they get drunk. Like, a lot of the other Marvel movies, it's like Tony Stark getting hammered at parties, but this is like a bar at a gambling den. <laughs> like, we just saw a, a space cockfight happen. Yeah, basically. And then they Captain America, if we was in that scene, he would have been like, we should let these animals free, and like, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. And... This is very un-American. <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, we're not in America. Everywhere's <laughs> America. <laughs> Does this place have oil? It's America now. Yeah. <laughs> Captain America carries around a shield and a flag for all situations. <laughs> then it becomes a whole gag where he comes back to America and he's like, they're like, where did you conquer? Nowhere. Yeah, but where did you go? <laughs> Nowhere. Yeah, but <laughs> who's on first? Yeah. This is a good song, too. And we got to imply that the kid watched Footloose as a kid. Yeah, this kid, for, like, he was a super 80s kid, for being, like, an 8-year-old. Or maybe a 10-year-old? I don't know. Like, that kid was... I wonder if they have that information out there. Try to find that. Uh, Peter Quill, MCU. It was 1988, so if we go by, like, a certain age range or something... At least the MCU Wikia page says he's 37 and he was born February 4th, 1980. So he should have been eight years old. That was maybe a nine. Eight year old. All right, it couldn't have been nine. It had to be eight. Eight or nine, but still, like for an eight and nine year old, he did a, he knew a lot about the era. Yeah, when I was eight, I was still like just watching Power Rangers and just like yeah. Like, when I hit my 20s, I relearned what my childhood was really like. The other thing is, did Gamora not know what music was? Is there no music in where she grew up? Yeah, that's weird, too. I didn't think about that. She knows what dancing is. So it's like... Like, naturally, just moving back and forth, like... I don't know, that's, that's strange. She never visited the planet that has Earth batteries, I guess. Yeah. I, I also love the line, pelvic sorcery. <laughs> and I also love how, you know, the space cockfight turned into them fighting. As it does. Yeah.
and this has nothing to do with like and I, some people looked into this movie and they they really wanted like more Thanos. I think we had like just the right amount basically. Maybe yep. one more scene would have been okay, but like you were saying yeah. earlier, this isn't a scene that builds to the future of the MCU. This is just pure character moments, just for this movie, just for this offshoot series, and and it's a good scene too because you get all the, you know, Rocket talking about all this stuff and everything. Well, this was like an an Oscar scene right here, watching Bradley Cooper as a, you know, almost like PSD like raccoon <laughs> talk about like being called a freak. Like it's it's pretty awesome. Wouldn't that be great if it would have been like he gets nominated for American Sniper, doesn't win, and then he wins for a fucking <laughs> he, he gets like a nod and then he wins it. Like, what? It's like, I did the Oscar bait movie. I was, you know, it was political and it was like American I went to an pride. actual desert. Like, <laughs> I, I suffered in there to train and you know, got into the character. Just like, but I sat at a, at a voice booth and, and talked about like guns and building things and i won my oscar thank you <laughs> <laughs> i'd like to thank the academy for uh preferring raccoons <laughs> over troops <laughs> <laughs> that's a creepy check though cute but People went Easter nuts egg. in the background thinking yeah. that the one shot was uh, Beta Ray Bill. We got a Chachari. Uh... Wait, Beta Ray Bill's here? No, people always thought that he was. Oh. That thing in the background, right when they show when uh, Benicio del Toro there. Oh, they got in the red, yeah. Yeah, they thought that the red cape, and it looks like he's kind of got a little bit of like a hammer or something, so they thought that that was Stormbreaker. And it was like, well, you can't tell that he doesn't look like a goddamn horse. Like, hmm. Del Toro is one of those guys. You tell me he's in a movie. I'm going to go, what the fuck is he playing? But I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is a weird character. I think the, this is actually like, I wasn't really familiar with the collector too. So it's like when I saw him in this, I understood everything I needed to about him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. He's this like, he's kind of like the character from, um, Tron Legacy, where you're like, he's creepy dude that is serving some kind of a purpose in this world, as weird as it might be. Yep, he's a guy that just matches the the creep the crazy tone of it. And it's so awesome that a couple years after this, we get, well, his brother's going to be in the new Thor movie, and it's going to be Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> that whole drop in scene, by the way, uh, that wasn't uh, wasn't planned. Really? He, dro- he dropped it, and he just, they were like, that was kind of funny. We'll just keep it in there. That's just pure Chris Pratt, you know, being clumsy. So, <laughs> I love how he, he still keeps it in character. And his character isn't, like, too different from what he is in real life anyway. If they wouldn't have had Chris Pratt and they would have had somebody else, I don't think the movie would have worked. No, right. It would be, like, too forced. Because Glenn Howerton was going to be the role for a little bit. Really? Which that's kind of crazy to think of. I like. I love. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. So do I. And I can see it to too, be, but he kind of packs some muscle. It's like I can muscle. see it at the same time. I I kind of go. Maybe he would be better for somebody like a Riddler or something. You know. Mm-hmm. And I was geeking out all over this scene, talking about the Infinity Stones and the fucking Celestials and 
Because this is like our first real like what they could do scenes, yeah. Like we knew. I mean, we didn't even know that the Tesseract was an Infinity Stone when Avengers was going on. Right. Yeah. I feel like that was kind of like a rewrite. They're just like, uh, let's just make an Infinity Stone now. It makes sense, but you and I, like, we we follow the comics and stuff, so it's like we just assumed it was the Cosmic Cube. Yeah, it was like its own separate thing. Cosmic Cube apparently is an Infinity Stone, and it was like, well, that doesn't make any sense and whatever. But then, well, then you get into Doctor Strange, though. It's just like, all right, that's an Infinity Stone. Like what? And in retrospect, it does make more sense because it's like, well, there's way too many things to keep track of for Marvel Comics. Yeah, they condensed it. Cosmic Cube, but then it's like a non-Cosmic Cube, but then the Cosmic Cube is the Beyonder, but then it's also (laughs) not the Beyonder. Then you got the Heart of the Universe, and you've got the Casket of Ancient Winners, and you're just sort of like, well, how many fucking things are there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's good because you can't can't spend – that would be so many more movies explaining everything else. And it's so much easier to go. The Eye of Agamotto, it controls time, it, and that means that it's a time stone. Done. Yeah. They understood, like, if this is, for, like, the same category, they'll condense it, which was a really good idea for them to do, so. Right. Some people won't get lost in the shuffle of, like, all the other bullshit Marvel things. I also love how this one woman who just grabbed the stone exploded this building. Like, it wasn't like she burnt up. It was like she took out, like, stuff. Yet all of our heroes and the collector and uh, Cosmo and like all uh, Howard the Duck, they're all fine, you know. She isn't though. <laughs> Specific shot though that they did a, a second ago about the um, the dog because it was like you showed the dog earlier. You got to make sure that everybody knows the dog's okay. Because everybody would have been like, "What about the dog?" Right, you got to show that you saved the dog. So it's not that's just why like, I still haven't dog. seen. Um, I still haven't seen John Wick because I know that the dog dies, and I'm like, I really <laughs> it's so. I really so don't want to watch the scene where the dog dies. Like, <laughs> it's so brief. I know it's painful, but it, it's. I do not watch John Wick. You have to watch John Wick. I know. I, I've heard nothing but great things about it. I really want to watch it, but I might have to like skip that scene or something. You know, that's like the whole purpose of the movie. Stuff. I know. Dead dog. <laughs> To this day, there's only been three movies that have made me cry, and the one that made me actually cry more than just, like, one tear falling down was I Am Legend, and it's because of that dog. Ah, uh, like, yeah. Oh, you gotta be fucking uh, kidding me. I don't give a shit about it. You kill a baby on screen, it's like, that sucks. Like, you know, but, <laughs> but a dog, oh no. You kill a dog, it's gonna be like, oh, did you have to kill a dog? You know, even Jurassic Park 2, it's like, I didn't need the shot that you ate oh, the, the dog. the dog being in, uh. Although, uh, by the end of the movie, when they do the whole thing with Groot, it's like, oh, don't kill the tree. (laughs) (laughs) Not the plant. (laughs) And lo and behold, baby Groot is going to, oh man, they're going to sell so much baby Groot shit. You're going to see so many cosplay baby Groots walking around the cotton season. Little kids being baby Groot. Yep. Like, you're going to see, like, you're going to see, like, um, parents who really pay attention to detail and quality and get like really good costumes or make really good costumes then you're gonna see parents who are just like fuck it here's a bunch of leaves and twigs your baby group now <laughs> grab a plant from outside and staple it to the kid's head yep you're gonna see that i bet you like ever see really bad deadpool cosplayers <laughs> they're, they're noticeable 
So for people listening right now, we just lost our audio stream, and we're going to hopefully have no mess-ups when it comes to it, because we have a backup stream playing. But if you hear anything weird with the quality or whatever, that's going to be the reason why. So it's good that we have our backups. <laughs> yep. So for a cosmic scene like this, where there's there's like a aerial chase going on and a weird one-on-one -on -one duel that's one-sided, it, it makes up for like the scenes where not a lot of action happened in the last few like parts. You know, like it's it's even. Yeah, like we had that whole like romantic kind of scene, and then even though there was a little bit of that fight with the cockfighting sort of thing, it really wasn't like an action scene. It was more so just like some tension a little bit. Mm. Now yeah. it's kind of like, well, we haven't had that. Thankfully, they don't do the kind of shit where it's like, we need an action beat every 10 pages of the script or something where they just right, shoehorn right. something in. But it makes sense to do an action scene here. And plus, this is like unconventional because it's not. it started with a chase, then became like an action, like watch them plow through alien tech. Yeah, I saw this movie in 3D and this was a nice 3D scene. Yeah, this is probably the best 3D scene. Which I don't like 3D all that much. You know, the the more that I've seen movies in 3D, the less I like it. But I'm going to be seeing Volume 2 in 3D because the uh, the non-3D ones sold out a little bit quicker. Uh. I made a uh. mistake of going to bed at a different time and they went <laughs> on sale like a couple hours before I had woken up. And I was like, son of a bitch, I don't want to sit in the front row, so let's all get 3D tickets instead. Yeah, I made the mistake of not get, like getting that right and saw Power Rangers in, in the first row. Oh, and Oh, that car crash scene in the beginning? Oh my god, I almost, like, got sick. I can't do front row. That was, like, the... the, the like, I swore to myself, never do front row. Then, like, that was, like, oh crap, now I'm in front row. I went I went from, like, a... Like, almost six-year movie streak of never seeing a front row. And now it's like, god damn, that broke. And you're like, well, I haven't had any neck problems for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. So this scene right here with what Lee Pace saying that line, it's like, I don't remember killing your like family. And then it reminded me of that like Street Fighter scene where Vice is just like, Oh, do you that's a like a lifetime ago, but to me that was Tuesday. Like it reminded me of that cheesy, like he kills a lot of people. He doesn't know keep track of it. You were breaking up a little bit during that. Oh. Uh, you might need to repeat yourself. Well, I said like it, it's crazy to think that um that, you know, Lee Pace's character, he kills so many people he can't keep track of, like, his kill list. Yeah. Because, I mean, they, you could kind of expect that over the years. Like, it's really important for Drax, but it's yeah. just another day for uh, Ronan. Kind of like if you uh, asked, like, James Bond, you know, it would be like, you know, you killed, like, uh, my father. He was third henchman from the right in Goldeneye. <laughs> in the one scene of the archives, it's like, yeah, he's just another mook. Yeah. <laughs> a kill is just what I do. Now, I've never seen anything else that Karen Gillan is in. I know she's in Doctor Who and shit, and I, I do not do You didn't Doctor see Who. Oculus? Nope. Eh, Oculus was okay. I, I, it's not my favorite horror movie, but it's like, it's different. Um, yeah, but... I usually don't do horror all that oh. much. Okay. Because they're almost all awful. Oh, boo. There's like a good one every like five years. <laughs> nah, like every two. 
it, it really depends what the trend is lately. I remember the like a few years ago it was like found footage movies were like super hot. So yeah, Paranormal Activity and yep. stuff like that too. That kind of calmed down lately because people actually want to see quality. And I'll get uh, I'll get back to my Karen Gillan thing in a second, but that uh, pool of all the green stuff when I'm watching it for the first time, the only thought that popped in my mind was Family Double there. Oh my god, <laughs> just like a vat of gack. Just get Mark Summers to come out and be like, no, the flag is still down there. You still got to find another flag. <laughs> I was thinking, it's just like, this place has no safety regulation. There's just an open pool of just goop. Yeah, and like, what is that supposed to be? Just There's celestial blood? Celestial, like, matter that they're processing, I guess. But, yeah, just no regulation. Just an open thing of celestial process material. Might taste good. I don't know. <laughs> no one, no one ever tried. Apparently, it's like ecto cooler. <laughs> That's where it comes from. That's why it takes so long <laughs> to get released. Uh, back to the Karen Gillan thing, though. She uh, in the movie. Uh, I wasn't really too familiar with what she even looked like before I had seen the movie, and not a fan of even short hair on women, let alone bald. But this whole uh, Nebula look, I was like. Kind of hot. Well, I'm looking at her with like the long red hair and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know. There was something weird about uh about the Nebula look. It was, she kind of looked hotter as Nebula to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you preferred her as like the Schnee O'Connor look. Yeah, it was like it's a really strange uh, thing that's not normal. But... Nah, I don't mind it. It just like I guess I dig well, me some blue. Yeah, bald women. It's it's like because you don't see it too often. It's always like it, it's always distracting to some degree. It's like oh man, that seems a little out of place. But I mean. They're humans, so it's like, yeah, you gotta play fair. <laughs> but Nebula's like a robot, so it's like it a sexy, way. bald robot. That's like, okay. Well, like Alicia Vikander and um, uh, Ex Machina, it was like she's better with the hair, you know. Yeah, but... yeah. She's better with like a full body that isn't translucent. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good point too. <laughs> Of course, the best-looking woman in the whole movie, though, is Gamora. But mm. we also have a scene where we're just like staring at her face right now, so maybe that's a little bit um, influencing my opinion. Yeah, for all we know, the anatomy is just bonkers. You know, like <laughs> <it's>, things are <laughs> not where they should be. Which, if they have that, then that scene better be in the sequel. It better be like they get ready to bang, and he's just kind of like, "Whoa, that, I did not expect this." <laughs> right. These are aliens, so it's not like they're they're always follow the same rules of what the human body looks like. Even this, like, he's doing like a tracheotomy, but he shot he just did it like in his chest. Yeah. And how does Groot know how to do that shit? No idea. See, that's that's about Groot powers. He just whatever he needs, he just does. <laughs> It's like, well, Groot can, um, he makes shields, he can grow, he also spontaneously has medical experience. <laughs> he has, like, surgeon precision to, like, get a drowned victim, like, up and running. Because <laughs> he was going to be a crossover of him in the Baywatch movie instead of, uh, <laughs> you know, he's going to be with The Rock on that one. Because it's Vin Diesel and Groot, so yeah. it'll be a, uh, a whole thing where they're, like, talking about family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, because, like, if you think about this, 
if like if you don't have oxygen in your brain for like a minute, you go your brain damage is really bad. He was there for a while in that like vat of like ecto cooler. <laughs> yeah, see now if they would have done the whole thing with him not understanding metaphors after this. <laughs> yeah. Just starts drinking. It's just. <laughs> I I also like this is like the most, um, like they kind of move this movie pretty fast for a long, like for a runtime of two hours, they move pretty quickly to like for scene to scene and for reasons. Quickly, Rocket just breaks down. Like we have to do this. It's like okay, like them banding together right now, like their bonding moment. Well, it's also that kind of like trial through fire and like um, bonding over crazy experiences kind of a thing, but it is quick. I agree with you. They they do kind of rush a little bit of it here and there. Yeah. It wouldn't work though. Uh, like it does work because of the fact that Rocket questions it. Yes. Instead of just being like, yeah, I agree. We should have just, him just going like, oh my God, this is fucking stupid. Uh, I guess so. Like. Here's Emperor Palpatine again. Hello. <laughs> Slightly better. Now he's uh, more of like a boss nass. <laughs> we great if he's like, I got the uh, I got the orb and I don't want to give it to you. And then he goes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Which that um, really get a lot of people. I had thought of this ahead of time, not to like pat myself on the back or anything, but. Even in Avengers, I had thought about it. With this one, more particular, it was like, why would Thanos give the Mind Stone to Loki to go get the Space Stone? And why would he trust Ronan to get the Orb and then just be like, can you give it to me? Like, Yeah. Thanos is a lazy fuck. Maybe <laughs> maybe Thanos was like, oh, it happened again. <laughs> like, Yeah. He's just He's stopped. Like, I can't trust Loki. Yeah. I can't trust Ronan. Just don't. And that's why he says that whole "I'll do it myself" thing. Yeah, which takes two tries. You feel like okay, maybe no more. You know, hire a middleman. It's like God. I'm not going to give you that orb. Now I have the power, and Thanos is like, "Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to do exactly what I thought you're going to do." He's like, come on, dude, I'll be your best friend. When you give me the power, and then I have all the power, I'll make sure I don't kill you. (laughs) (laughs) So he says that he wants to, um, at the end of the movie, skip it forward, uh, Yondu says that he had basically been contracted to bring peter to his dad and we know now peter's dad is a goddamn planet which means that he must have like somehow he came to earth impregnated peter's mom yet felt like he couldn't go back to earth himself either and wanted yondu to go get peter so that's kind of interesting it's just I. That's why I'm so eager to see the sequence for him, his deadbeat dad, to explain like what happened. What was his excuse? Dad, how come you never popped up anymore? Well, it's a little complicated. I mean, I am a fucking planet, kid. <laughs> it's like of a planet. Why are you a person now? <laughs> Snake. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently the kids knows all his fucking references, so It is good casting though, Kurt Russell being his dad. Right. Like when this movie came out and they were talking about the dad issues, I I wouldn't have thought Kurt Russell as soon as they mentioned it. I'm like, yeah, I see it. Especially since his dad in the comics isn't ego. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out, like, of the family tree lookalikes, like, Kurt Russell and Chris Pratt, I was like, yeah, maybe. If you put Kurt Russell and the one who plays his mom together, I don't necessarily see Chris Pat, uh, Pratt coming out of it, but <laughs> it makes more sense than Adam Driver being the kid of uh, Leia and Han. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, he kind of has the Harrison Ford nose, but not anything else. And he's got the Hayden Christensen hair <laughs> and whininess. Rocket's such a great character, being able to just be like, he's not a cute little raccoon, he's a prick. <laughs> the psychotic tendencies are, are fun. Which, I guess... Maybe because of the voice and the like attitude, the raccoon part just makes it even better. I, you know, I didn't think about this until you just mentioned about uh, that kind of a thing. But you, in a different era, Joe Pesci would have been a great rocket. <laughs> it would have been terrible CG or prosthetics, but it would right. have worked. It could have worked. He's it got that attitude. raccoon how how do you think i'm a raccoon like, think, I, think I'm, I'm small like raccoon huh huh you think this is funny <laughs> like that scene in goodfellas where he's yep. stabbing the dude like <laughs> just kind of bring that intensity to it this is like a rated r i could see Frick it frack for him alone <laughs> we got an ad lib coming up with the um bunch of idiots standing in a circle that was not in the script really that was Sean Gunn just did that on the fly when they were recording the scene. <laughs> this is a good scene, though. Like, this is one of those um, key scenes that really, like... <laughs> like, it just gives you a lot of character moments that if you didn't have that, you might think later on at the movie that you needed a couple more, you know? Right. Well, if you see more about James Gunn's movies, the writing is like this. It's fast-paced. Everyone kind of, like, knows their timing. Like, it's natural, but it's also very, like, you know, like... Fluid. Fluid, yeah, yeah. Kind of like Tarantino. Yeah, it is it's, it's similar to that. Kevin Smith, Tarantino, like, James Gunn, they all, they know, like, dialogue scenes. They know how to, like, pay, pay, like, no one talks like this in real life. Like, the yeah, kind of, like, wittiness. Everyone's kind of on their game. But, I mean, it works in a movie way. Maybe people do talk like this, but the only reason why this is happening is because only one of the characters is human. And we are only used to all humans talking to each other. True. Yeah, that helps. Maybe in other, uh, other galaxies, people are, like, really fucking witty. Yeah. You needed a scene like this, the whole, like, let's band together, let's officially be a family now. Mm -hmm. 
this is what you kind of like this is what made them like the guardians like in the sense where now they're they understand each other because they're, they're still the same people now they're just like they're unison yeah they're not going to stop being jerks and buffoons and selfish and stuff like that but it's like push comes to shove they're good people you got to know that it's like you know the galaxy's at risk so they're gonna do the right thing and they care about different other people other than themselves and you know otherwise they would just be like again like tarantino type of people where it's like at the end of the movie you watch hateful eight and you're like yeah i really didn't like any of those people yeah (laughs) some of them are great and sam jackson's character out of all of them is the one to like root for it seems but then you're like yeah but they're all real horrible yeah they're all awful people (laughs) You got like racists and you got like sexists and then you got the only woman in there is like a horrible bitch. (laughs) (laughs) At least thankfully none of the people in this movie are racist and stuff. It's not like they're like, well, we'll all fight this, but Gamora, nah, you can't because you're a woman or something, (laughs) you know, like one of those kind of things. You think, yeah, you think earth racism is kind of bad? Like I might imagine galactic racism. Mm. whole entire planets just being like we don't talk to those people when people make jokes that are like the stereotype jokes of like uh like everything from like asian people can't drive or like um certain things it's like then you go to another uh earth or like another planet and stuff and people are like oh everybody from like Raxus Eight can't fly. Like you right, know? yeah, they can't fly. Right, they don't know how to take off. Right, like oh. <laughs> exactly. Although I guess you kind of see a little bit in the movie where uh, John C. Riley's character's got the like the mixed race type of family. Yeah, but, but it's like he doesn't get purposely not like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was yeah, appreciating the, the quality from the one planet. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I appreciate like some scenes of Rocket. They're very detailed in the fur, like it's very almost like realistic. Then some scenes, super like got skimpy on the like the graphics. So like he kind of like stands out a bit, a little bit. Yeah. Well, they had a, a a raccoon named I think Oreo was their their like stand-in kind of. Ah. Uh. So they might have used like a couple shots where it's like close-ups. It's kind of like maybe they have like Real the fur. actual raccoon hair yeah. kind of implanted in there. I'd never know how any of that shit works. Like, even when it comes to basic directing and people are like, well, you know, I needed this certain lighting for this kind of a thing. I'm like, story? I can tell you a story. (laughs) Writing-wise, I can plot out things and I can be like, yeah, you need this certain beat at this point. You start getting into technical crap and it's like, each frame is, you know, rendered at this capacity and whatever. I'm like, oh my God, it's just, it's all over my head. Yeah, the the lighting director is very important to like, make sure the film doesn't just fucking like sink out like really bad movies. You could tell like the lighting director didn't pay attention when it just, when the camera switches cuts and you're like, wow, it's really bright now. Oh, it's really dark. Yeah. That stuff I would be so lost on. That's why some people are like, you really like movies. Did you ever want to get in the movies? Not like that. Cause I'd make a shit fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Like that keeps you humble at least where, you know, like you can't be everybody. You know, like, you can't just take up the whole role, because the movie's a big process. Right. And certain people are just so good at, like, everything. 
It's insane. We got the crotch shot coming up. There you go. <laughs> hey, Cherry Bomb is another one that I don't like that song. You don't like Cherry Bomb? Nope. Why? Not a fan of that one. You heard it too much or you just don't like the message? <laughs> I tend not to like songs that seem like the people are shouting. Wow. <laughs> Like screamo music, I hate it. I hate it but all. But this isn't screamo. This is like no. I mean, it's definitely not. <laughs> all right. But the whole like how it's like cherry bomb like that. Uh, all right. I don't know. Kind of reminds me a little bit of that um uh that old song. How the fuck does that go now? Uh, we will. We will uh, rock. Big you. girls, <laughs> they don't cry. Oh. That uh, big girls, they don't. Yeah, cry. yeah, I, yeah that that song got covered so many times. I don't even know who really sings it anymore. No idea. Painted every room. Oh, I think you know who sings it. It's um, the, no, it's whatever the Jersey Boys is based off of. Beach Boys? No, uh, Beach Boys and Jersey Boys aren't the same people. Hmm. The temp? No, not the Temptations. It's something like that. It's some like, you know, quartet group. Well, that's definitely not Earth, Wind, and Fire, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so off. <laughs> oh, and I forgot to mention, there's one Nova Corps member, a uh, brunette woman, who is, like, really good-looking. Like, Oh, yeah, she, good she's, looking. like, her assistant. Yeah. And this was, I mean, uh, the next year after this is The Force Awakens, and there's that one shot of Maisie Richardson Sellers who is Leia's assistant and she stood out in the movie and she's in like one shot. And it was just kind of like, this one's beautiful. Like what the <laughs> hell was she like, how do they not cast her in some other thing? And yeah, like, she, she had a bunch of deleted scenes and stuff, but she, uh, yeah, she's, she's uh, she has the same haircut as like, uh, princess Leia, like the same braid style. Oh no, not her. Not, uh, not Billy Lord. Oh, cause that's, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter. Okay. Uh, this is, um, when they blow up, uh, What's it called? A uh, Hosnian Prime, and there's that shot of like everybody turned in like purple and like reddish. Oh, she's the one that you see in that, and you're just kind of like, "Whoa, who is this actress?" Then now she's in uh, Legends of Tomorrow as Vixen. She's been that. Oh, that's, that's Vixen. That's the same. I didn't know that's the same actress. The one from Force Awakens, not the Nova Core one. But yeah, same one. Oh wow. So maybe that's gonna give uh, maybe that woman there with the Nova Corps, maybe she gives um Gamora a run for her money now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we gotta see more like shots from the waist down. Let me rewind real quick. <laughs> 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 this whole thing with the um the net that they set up in a little bit. The first thing that I thought of when it when he gets destroyed, I was just like, how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people got killed there? And they don't really seem to think that much of it. No, they it's don't just sort bring of like, it up, oh man, man. Yeah. there goes the net. And it's like, yeah, and like that. Those are people in that thing. Yeah, like two thousand people just died or something. That's fucking awful. You just lost a good portion of your whole battalion. So that's the thing about the Nova Corps is like, if they're Galactic Police, like, shouldn't there be way more to cover everybody? Or is that just like what's on the planet at this moment? Yeah, like, this is the kind of thing where uh, certain areas on, like, Earth where we have more police and then they don't cover certain areas. It's like, ah, oh, we don't go down that street. That's a New different York. county. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. It's not our jurisdiction. Yeah. We only care about Sandar. If you live uh, 
that planet <laughs> next to Xandar, you're out of shit out of luck. Where they when they got killed, they were like, Oh my god, we killed Lee Pace. And it was like, wait, it was it isn't Lee Pace, it's Peter Sarvinowitz. <laughs> and they're like, ah, I don't care. <laughs> we've we've got a quarter. <laughs> John C. Riley's still fine, Glenn Close is still fine, Brunette's still fine. We're good. <laughs> Now, with this movie, I I don't think twice about the spaceships and stuff. But with Thor The Dark World, that felt really out of place. They didn't have wings. It was just floating geometry. And I can understand when people go like, yeah, well, it's it's Asgard. They're ancient. They would have better technology than we do. And it's like, yeah, but they also use swords. <laughs> like, swords. they're progressive in one side, but then just doesn't make any sense the other one. Yeah. Everybody here, you, well, except for Ronan, has guns. Ronan's yeah. just like, like nah, I, I really was good at that game at the fucking carnival. I'm really good with this. Yeah, her assistant right here. <laughs> Super distracting. <laughs> yeah, Ronan's, Ronan's hammer, um, it just, it looks something that I could buy in a store, like, a specialty store here, you know, like someone who can craft, like, custom weapons. It's not too spacey futuristic, like, there's nothing blinking on it. <laughs> That whole movie is just kind of, I mean, I thought that I would hate Guardians of the Galaxy when I went into this movie. I was like, this is going to be stupid. And it was great. And I thought that I would love Thor The Dark World. Probably my least favorite. I don't mind Thor The Dark World. It's it's not like, it's not a movie I always want to throw on, but I appreciate it. I, I also rented it, so I thought for my rental it was amazing. Oh, uh, see, I, I watch these all opening night theaters. Uh, so that's... 18 bucks that I spent basically each time. In this, I went opening night and it wasn't that crowded. You know, like this was like, it grew out of word of mouth and then it became really popular. Usually with these movies, with opening night, when I'm seeing it, you know, so I you can overhear a lot of people when you're in the movies, no matter what and stuff. And a lot of people are like, you know, hey, do you think that like uh, Red Skull is going to be in this movie for like a Captain <laughs> America thing and stuff? But then with this, it's like, Nobody knew what the hell to yeah, do. Yeah, And they're all just sort of like, well, if it was Spider-Man, I'd know what was going on. And if it was even Thor at this point, people started to kind of know a little bit more about Thor. But mm-hmm. you tell people that there's going to be a scene in this where they're all going to be looking at a bunch of Firefly-looking things that came out of a tree. No one would predict this. No. <laughs> This whole soundtrack, though, is the this is one of the best themes of the movie. Groot Spores, I think it's what it's called. <laughs> now, Nebula's got to be a better character the next time around, though. Like, she's got to be... Um... Kind of like part of the crew, not part of the crew. I think she's she's like unwillingly part of the crew. Like she just of like force or reason, she just is with them. But you know, she's like looking for a way out all the time. Yeah, like I, I from what I've been able to piece together from the plot that we've been told so far, it's that they like not that they kidnap her, but like they they arrest her essentially, 
and that they've have they have her in captivity and then it's like she kind of joins the crew a little bit but there's always like that her against gamora type of thing and yeah cool storyline i mean you'd still be pissed if like your your sibling shot you out of the space like yeah i mean i've been pissed at my sister for stupider things so <laughs> I love how they still watched him do this, and they don't. No one shoots at him. Yeah, they're just going. He's whistling, and this arrow somehow is, yeah. this shit's going through all of us, but it hasn't hit me yet. <laughs> I guess we'll keep watching. See what happens. <laughs> he can't whistle for that long, can he? Ow! Fuck, <laughs> he She's flexible, though. You gotta give her that. <laughs> That's a plus. Plus that whole unhinging the jaw thing is like. <laughs> I think you're just telling me you're just really into like bald chicks who can dislocate their jaw. I think that's your thing now. At least one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get a whole bunch of messages from people watching this that are like, I'm bald. I'm whatever. Be like, yeah. You want me to like, watch me unhinge? Like, oh, man. <laughs> Plus, you know what, with this whole the, everything's falling out of the sky and all that, too. This is totally not uh, in any way meant to discredit the shit that actually happens in real life. But we get like a bombing anywhere, you know, a train station, a car bombing. And it's like national news for like a week or like the the Boston Marathon. It's like this big thing. and You make a movie out of it or like that. Xandar is like they lost their entire fucking crew and there's ships flying out of the sky landing into there the uh, whole entire planet almost exploded and something like that mm-hmm. and it's like and it's just sort of like oh man that was a rough Tuesday yeah, like, they, they repair real fast like right at the end another thing is That's it's one also criticism of superhero enemies, movies like, that never does that oh you know what to be fair they refer to the incident with New York all the time. All, so yeah. they've kept that going. That uh, They did a good job with that. But you never hear anything about the Thor of the Dark World stuff. Well, because I was in London and they got over. <laughs> they, they kinda, I think Marvel just knew Thor of the Dark World didn't make all the money. So they don't try <laughs> like, we don't care if it happened in Britain. You know? <laughs> Everybody knows how to fly, like. You gotta assume with anything like Star Trek, Star Wars, the different planets with Guardians of the Galaxy, that it must be, like, as easy as, like, driving a car, kind of, to fly. I imagine, like, there's no tests, you just do it, like, you just get better at it by practicing, I guess. In a, you're in a world where you can call yourself Star Lord and then other people do it, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> and they like you don't see many people kill other people in the MCU. Oh, but this was one brutal fest watching like Groot like kebab people and mm-hmm. then like Drax ripped out a guy's brain. Right, yeah. That's just like and and it's played for laughs, yeah. too. Like, Groot just smiles. He's just kind of like, 
did I did good, didn't I? I impaled a bunch of people and smashed them left to right. Murder is enjoyable. <laughs> At least when Hulk does it, he does it to alien things that you're kind of like, they don't seem like they're people, right. sort of. There's no human but, element to it. Right. They they clearly are some kind of weird android monster thing. But Drax ripped a dude's fucking brain out. And a human <laughs> dude. Like, that was like a human-looking guy. Yeah. He ripped out the dude from the island. Like, you know. <laughs> That's a good movie. I don't give a shit if anybody uh, hates on that movie. That's great. Eh. Underrated movie. <laughs> Underrated? Especially for Michael Bay. I think it was the first uh, Scarlett Johansson movie I had seen. Really? Might have been. She's been she was on a lot of things as a teen, so it's like I, I'd seen her things when she was younger. I knew when she was growing up she was gonna be hot. So here's here's like them losing all of the galactic police like on this planet. And it's like, ah oh, man, this is gonna be a bitch to clean up. <laughs> Which now they're even incorporating damage control in the Spider-Man movie, which is fantastic. Which is good, yeah. I have, like, a few of their comics. I didn't really get it. I bought it because the covers looked nice when I was a kid. But, like, reading it now, I appreciate it. It makes sense to have a Department of Damage Control. You gotta have somebody clean up the mess. Yeah. Like, that. that's something, like, if superpowers became a real thing in our world, you know there would be all these companies just wanting to become something like that. Insurance agencies would get on that immediately. Yep, superhero insurance, definitely be a market. Hopefully it's not as uh, weird of a concept, though, as Powerless is on DC, because that show is oh, man. not good. That was supposed to be like an insurance company show. Like The, the original pilot was like an insurance thing. And then um, they realized that was weird, like, because they didn't write it correctly. And then the Wayne Tech thing, like, I watched two episodes, I just gave up on that show. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> I've watched every episode, I think. I might have to double check, but it's... It, I know I'm supposed to be laughing from what they wrote, but it's not funny, so it's sort of like I'm not going to, you know? At least with Guardians, it's like, the jokes hit. Every joke is... It might not be the funniest thing in the world, but... I mean, this whole thing with the building up the idea of this rocket that's going to explode them and then it just doesn't work. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, that's their big, you know, we got this whole setup. It's kind of like the, um, the what was it, the ex-wife in Iron Man 2? Ex-wife? That big missile. Oh, oh. Yeah. Calls it the ex-wife. I forgot that. Yep, the rocket that doesn't do anything. So it was since it's in Iron Man 2. You don't see it on TV anymore. It's another one a lot of people are kind of like iffy about. I, I didn't mind it. I really liked Iron Man 2. On its own, it's totally not as good of a movie as like Iron Man 1 or Guardians of the Galaxy is or whatever. But they needed that type of movie to, to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Just you introduce know, like, some flaws. Yeah, it's got flaws. Like every every movie's got flaws, obviously, but it, it built the world a little bit. Like it introduced more. Like see, I mean, introduce Scarlet Witch and introduce like Shield better. Like and it got the ball rolling. You mean Scarlet Johansson? Yeah, that's it. Sorry, Scarlet Johansson. Yeah. 
There's but, even people that try to justify, which I'm like, no, that's not. It's it's a stupid thing to do. People are like, they should retroactively make the little kid that uh, is wearing the Iron Man suit that he saves at the end. They should make that a young Peter Parker. And it's like, no, no, they need to do that. that makes no Stop. sense. Wasn't even New York City or anything. Yeah, that stuff just it's like you don't need to go back and do that. You can change some things, and you can kind of go like, well, that was a reference to this and stuff like that. But no, nah, that's that's going a little overboard. But they needed Iron Man 2 just to build up the Tesseract a little bit and the, that kind of stuff. And Guardians was like, we needed Guardians to set up a little bit more of the Infinity Stones and we needed it to kind of like build get the, us the, used to yeah. the uh, cosmic thing. Yep, to introduce the cosmic thing without being such a like uh, heavy-handed introduction. Right. If people can accept the cosmic stuff with a tree and a raccoon, there's going to be no issues with Captain Marvel. And... If they do like an annihilation wave thing in the future, nobody's going to be like, wait a minute, there's, you know, Silver Surfer and Annihilus and I don't get this kind of crap. It'll just be like, yeah, it's the same fucking galaxy as the the raccoon is. (laughs) Just enjoy the ride of this part. Right. It's questionable, though, if he can say we are Groot. Probably should be able to say some other words. (laughs) Yeah, probably just took him so hard to say we. Yeah. It's like an overclock mode. Just <laughs> and it's so ridiculous that it's like. So speak- you get more emotion out of We Are Groot than you get in most movies. <laughs> most Marvel movies, yeah. This is like. That that try to be emotional, and it's like all this all this tree person said was we are Groot, and we understood everything. And you're like, yes, we are, <laughs> we are Groot. <laughs> Indeed, Groot, we are. So uh, speaking it starts of, being like political protests afterwards. <laughs> it's like you see people marching on Wall Street, and it's like, don't we all we all should get along? We're all Groot. <laughs> yeah, it's like instead of like we are the like the ninety nine percent, we it's we right. are Groot. <laughs> People are filling out census surveys, and it's like, <laughs> what religion are you, Groot? Oh, man, I, I should have used that. Oh, if I had the chance to go back. I hope that becomes a trend. <laughs> I hope that really, I mean, it's a little late now. It's a two, it's like a three-year-old reference, but still, I've been awesome. Well, now Guardians of the Galaxy 2 will be out, so. Yeah, but he probably not going to say, we are Groot, because it's, like, meaningful here. If he says he keeps on saying it, we are Groot, just makes no sense then. Maybe he says, we are baby Groot. Just change it up. Oh, Maybe. But I don't think he's going to do the trick of dying, like being a ball again. <laughs> he protects a bunch of ants. Yeah. He's too tiny. <laughs> Just covers their foot. Like, oh, we're all dead, aren't we? You got to protect those ants. Ants are Groot. <laughs> now, I never thought that they actually were going to be like killing Groot because I figured if he can grow and all that kind of stuff, he'll be fine. But. That's also a byproduct of being like this cynical dude has watched too many fucking movies. You, know? <laughs> you just want to see like a main character die in a Marvel movie like this. Kind of every once in a while. I'm like, maybe the bad guy should win this one. Like, you know? <laughs> Sort of like it, it would be depressing. And like, I, you know, I wouldn't want it to happen in certain movies and stuff. Like when I thought that they killed off Batman in uh, the Dark Knight Rises, I was like, you can't kill off Batman. Like what the fuck? But every so often I'll come across a movie and it's like, kind of wish that it would have just been like everybody dies at the end except for 
bad guy gets away and then you see something like no country for old men and it they do that mm-hmm. and then you're like it's meaningful i don't know how to it, feel about this like <laughs> it's a different feeling you know it, it's not fun the formula and i appreciate movies like that and the same with this scene whole like i you would have told me ahead of time how do they beat ronan 20 ideas would have popped in my mind before dance sequence the dance off challenge <laughs> so I like how the hammer still is weak to real bullets and like real weapons yeah if this dude wasn't so adamant about using that hammer <laughs> he pops up in like a scene in uh, Thor Ragnarok where Thor's lost the hammer and he's like I don't know how to do this and then he pops up <laughs> and he's like trust me the hammers aren't worth it like <laughs> <laughs> And again, another byproduct of being a cynical dude who watched too many movies. When we saw the part at the beginning, or not at the beginning, but uh, with the collector and the the woman holding it, I'm like, this is going to pay off later where they're all going to hold it. They're going to do the... They're a team. The the holding hands thing. Right. Where I'm like, I don't know how this works, but it's like they're just holding hands and calming the stone. Yeah, like it's it's not the mind stones. It's not connecting to their brains. But then again, it's all supposed to be kind of connected like that somehow. And... They kind of tell you a little bit about how the ether works, and they kind of tell you a little bit about how the space stone works. Time, of course, it's just like here's time. You know how clocks work and shit. Yeah. Power stone. <laughs> You've had a VCR like, once. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you have a fast forward button. You're, it's cool. The power stone, though, it's just like, what do you mean? It's just lots of power. Is it just <laughs> pure energy? Like you just get the power of Prince. It's just it was purple rain <laughs> over here. Well, the weird thing is, what's stopping, uh, like, what's stopping Ronan, Ronan from, from grabbing at their yeah, hands, just too. joining in on this like circle? <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like, you're not our friend. Yeah, like, like, couldn't anyone from the crowd just come up and grab them and just join the power? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Although I will admit when this was happening, I thought that Groot would reform and be the final one instead of it just being like the four of them, basically. Right. But then I was like, they just had a Groot sacrifice scene. He's not going to be the one at the end. That's just like, he's, and he's also the one that can help control it and whatever. And then it would be like, it like helps balance reward. it. Yeah. Thanos is beaten by a tree in the end. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's written by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> No, it's supposed to be like if he was dead, and this has always been like a fever dream of his. <laughs> so another thing that happens with these Marvel movies is they don't kill off villains a lot. And even though Ronan explodes there, I mean, we got Red Skull transporting into some other kind of realm. Which I wish they Could... address. I really hope they address that. I really am hoping that what we get for Infinity War is that he brought back like a couple of those people. And it's like, I studied your history. I know that like Captain America first popped up with this red skull thing. And he's one of my lieutenants now, like that kind of a thing. Like the masters of evil sort of a thing. I hope they're like, they're in the gem, you know, like I hope they're just like kind of like hang out and then Thanos like unleashes them. Like, cause they're part of the gem. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Cause you got, you got the ether you got, uh, with, What's his name? Malkith and 
I guess you kind of have, you might not have, um, what's his face from Dr. Strange in the mix, but no, Oh, unless the heat Ultron a little bit with the mind gem, like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I forgot. Maybe even if, if not like that, they fight them and stuff. Maybe it's just sort of like a quick flash of it. Like when he's activating the powers or something like that'd be kind of cool though. I'd like that. Or just like digitally insert them in the movie, (laughs) you know, like weird CG cut of them. Pull a Tarkin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they just called Kurt Russell a jackass. <laughs> also, Chris Pratt with like curly hair is weird. Even though that's like his natural hair, it's like curly. Yeah, it's, he he like didn't put a uh, anti frizz in it or something. <laughs> And that was weird, too. When they first announced that they were casting Chris Pratt, I was like, I had only really known him a little bit from here and there, like a little bit parts and stuff. And all the images on like Google image searches and stuff like that, I was just like, oh, they're not. Dude? Yeah, they're not impressive. Like his, his like early picks. Now, he had gained a whole bunch of weight just to be like a comedic, funny, fat guy kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I mean, it wasn't like fat, fat, but it was like you don't picture that being like. Star Lord, you know, main superhero of this movie, kind of a thing, and all that. And I was just kind of like, oh man, this fucking tree movie with the <laughs> fat guy. And I thought it was like it was going to be that that Jack Black Green Lantern movie that we had heard about and stuff. And well, I would have preferred that over what we actually got, like in retrospect now. <laughs> That's a good scene though with that him uh, petting Rocket. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all the speculation about what Quill is and, like, what does this mean? Is he part... Oh, another distractingly like, hot, like, assistant right next to Glenn Close. The blonde one, yep. yeah. They did a casting call. It was like, we need some hot ones. And they they both showed up that day and they were like, ah, both. Yep, you're both in it. What do you play? Same characters, just assistant. <laughs> It'd be great if you look it up and it says hot assistant and stuff. <laughs> And everybody else is just labeled assistant. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if you were cast as one of the non-hot ones? <laughs> your background assistant. Like one of these women right. just facing the wall. It's got to be awful when you're cast in a movie and it's like you're playing the part of like super ugly next door neighbor. And they're like, you're perfect for it. You know? Oh, man. That's an ego. That's a blow to the ego. I like Gamora's outfit. It's like like business ready, but it's also like ready for battle. Like it's confusing. It's like a uniform at like I don't know, like like she kinda seems like she should be working at like a medieval times a little bit like I don't know, the cleanup crew or something like that, but at the same time, the, yeah, it's the totally leather futuristic. It's right. It's it's just everywhere in that costume, but space clothing. Whatever. It works. Yeah. I got no complaints. And it's a little bit makes more sense than the shit that Leia was wearing in uh, the original trilogy. <laughs> a, like bedsheet. <laughs> George Lucas saying they don't have uh, bras in space. It's like, it's creepy, dude. <laughs> Kid's 19. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think John C. Riley is in the new movie. Well, on the the movie takes place on this planet anymore, so you don't always have to have John C. Riley. But that's true. Be nice. It's a callback if he's in it. There should be some kind of Nova, uh, like, reference or, you know, maybe one day like come across another planet's Nova Corps member or something like that. Like, just to kind of keep that fresh in everybody's mind. Just be like, remember. No, of course, a thing from the future, that kind of thing. Not, not even the future. That's just a thing in space. So it's like they could pop up at any time. No, I mean the like, future, like the movies and stuff. Oh, oh like, yeah. So that way, if they do it in like Captain Marvel, or they do it in like a spinoff movie or something, right, right. we're not going to be like, wait, who are these guys? Yeah, again? if he shows, if one shows up a Black Panther, it shouldn't be too surprising. Yeah, well, even at that point, it would be like, huh? Like, <laughs> Black, Black Panther, all right. I know a lot of people think that the Soul Stone is going to be in Black Panther, and I'm like, I don't see that happening. It could, but I think that'd it makes be, so much more sense than Ragnarok to me. It'd just be weird for like Black Panther, Soul Stone. I was like, man, like they just really oh, do God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I thought about that. I'm like, you know, they were trying to go for that, and they're just like, nope, nope, we're not getting to that, that problem. It's a what's the soul glow type of thing <laughs> reference. It's the power of it's disco. Like, like no, no, we're not doing that. It's like what does the time stone do? You can control, you know, different realms with the time and space and whatever like that. And what's the soul stone do? Make some great food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like it's like the one Disney executive who thought that they're like, get out of the room. <laughs> now we were talking earlier about the the music and stuff and um uh, I don't know if your school did this, but when uh, remember the Titans came out, my school made it like a trip that it was like, let's all go to see this movie. And um, everybody fucking loved Ain't No Mountain High Enough. <laughs> it was like, it, and I was like, this song is pissing me off. It's so like overplayed. People yeah. are singing it on the bus back from the movie and everything. And I'm like, ugh. and then when this movie came out and you know, just the shot from about a minute ago of, uh, like, the beginning of it with Peter, like, all upset and stuff. I was kind of like, oh, crap, I like the song now. Like, it it goes through a bunch of renewals. It also has, a, this is, like, not as overplayed. It's a nice end theme where no, Ain't No Mountain High Enough was, like, everywhere in that movie. Right. That was, like, the reason that that movie existed. <laughs> they, they heard that song and went, yeah, we can make a movie around this. I mean, that's the same people that do that didn't do the uh, <laughs> Big Girls Don't Cry. <laughs> I was wondering how big the rude. ship is where, like, they can have enough room for these people to, like, sleep and eat. And... It's definitely nowhere near as big as the Ravager one. Right, seems. right. And the Black Aster is, like, fucking huge in comparison to... But it does have enough room for Barit to be stashed in the bottom part. <laughs> Instead of the dancing Groot, that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy will return thing. I'm usually used to um, James Bond will return. And it's like, Guardians of the Galaxy will return in Octopussy. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, does, uh, I think what company lost so much money when they made the dancing Groot that didn't dance? Mm. It took them, like, two more prototypes to get it right, where they actually could buy, like, a dancing Groot pint, like, little toy thing. And it's not even new technology. No. They used to have those little cans that yeah. you could cra- uh, clap your hands and it would do it. Yeah, so it's just like, if they sold that, like, a week after this movie, they would have made so much. It would have been, like, the Furby um, kind of Yeah, it would have made so much bang. That would have been just... Because this came out in August of 2014. So that Christmas would have just been so much baby Groot yeah. stuff. And this Christmas isn't going to have like as good of a – because it's May this year. So it's like another extra couple of months to kind of push it out of that. But if they would have had a prototype, like you said, the, like right afterward. little plush thing. Yeah, a little plush like, or just – or even like a battery-powered plastic piece of thing on your desk. like. Did not even do that. I keep bringing up Star Wars in this, but uh, they they knew what they were doing when it came to the BB-8. The little BB-8 ones were like marketed before the movie even came out because everybody was like, "The little ball is so fucking cute." Like, we, were, we were at Comic Con together when we saw that. Like we were just like, uh, like there's that booth that had the little BB-8 that you could roll around. <laughs> a bunch of like thirty year old guys, and we're all like, "I want to see the fucking ball." Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a huge line to see it like just roll around in that RC pit. If it would have been cheaper, I would have bought one. Yeah, that was, was not like cheap. Two hundred dollars or something. I'm like, I could buy a TV for that much. No, and then because it's like all you need is one person not paying attention and walk on that. Hmm. Or like a little kid thinks it's a ball that they can kick oh, or yeah, you got a dog that thinks it's a toy yep. that they can chew and you're out 200 bucks the hell with that like yeah like if it made like a cheap version it was like 30 maybe but i guess it's really complicated to get like the top of bb8's head like always perfect while it's moving but you do know with this movie with baby group being the size of like a water bottle they're going to figure out some stuff ahead of time for that. Oh, yeah. That'll be little, like, instead of, like, when little girls have, like, a, a doll that's, like, you know, baby wets herself or something like that. It's, like, they put some kind of, like, whatever those chips are that makes that stuff do that randomly. Get a little baby Groot that'll kind of say, I'm Groot, randomly and stuff. Like, Here's a free tip for the people who do Chia pets. Make a Chia baby Groot. You would make a lot of money. Mm. in fact let me actually i'm gonna copy that right now i'm just gonna, like <laughs> i'm gonna add <laughs> in that like chia pet baby group it's not like you could do it with any of the other movies you can't have like chia hulk yeah you know? <laughs> like how many movies have a talking plant uh let's see there's um monster grow uh monster calls <laughs> well it's like there's like swap thing which is marvel owned no, no, it's not, no, no it's DC, DC, DC. No, um, Man Marvel Thing. has Man Thing. Man Thing, that's, it's like the equivalent of the Swamp Thing. And it's like, he's not as vegetated as Swamp Thing is. Where Swamp Thing is, just looks like moss and, like, tree roots. Man Thing is like, he has, he has like a roided out, like, elephant man. Yeah, he's like, uh, mini Cthulhu yeah. or something. Yeah, so he's not as vegetated, like, he has no vines, but. No, but I don't think anybody with even a swamp thing is going to be like, oh, that's so cute. Like, yeah. you know? <laughs> I want that look dancing. At, look at cute little Alec. <laughs> <laughs> Although I bet you if they made a Chia Poison Ivy, people would buy it. Those waifu type of people. 
that would be disturbing though it's just like she's kind of like bland without any like growth but the moment like i don't know month one shivani has some vegetation on it it's like yeah <laughs> that's my shit you know what's another thing that's great about these marvel movies no other movie in like the history of uh motion pictures has ever prompted people to stay through the credits as much as these marvel movies do Yep. It, Nobody gives a shit 20 years ago about credits. Then you get Nick Fury pops up at the end of Iron Man. And I I remember uh, that movie I went to see by myself a couple of days after it had been out because nobody wanted to see Iron Man. Really? And I was just like, why doesn't anybody want to go? And they were like, it's Iron Man. It's going to be stupid, dude. I don't want to see it. None of my friends wanted to go see it. So it was like, I usually try to go, you know, that Thursday night, that Friday night or whatever. Finally got to a point where like nobody wanted to go Saturday, nobody wanted to go Sunday, and I'm like, fuck it, I gotta go see it. So I went to see it on a Monday afternoon, and all the people that were in the theater didn't know that there was a, an after credit scene, and they're all getting up, and I was just like, hold on, there's another scene at the end, and people are like, what do you mean there's a scene at the end? And I'm like, you don't know that they do that in certain movies and stuff? And then it was like, now it's not only a scene like that, but mid credit scenes and supposedly there's five for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. But then it's like, then that's too much. That's not a mid credit scene. That's just like part of the movie. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to do five. I guess it's, it might, like, maybe they are structuring the credits in a weird way or something, like, where they're going to do, like, here's all the visual effects and then it'll be like, here's a scene and then here's uh, all the music and then here's a scene or something like that, but or maybe it's like they cut the black and then they kind of go to another scene anyway or something like just to kind of like we filmed a whole bunch of this stuff and we want to show it to you anyway or something. But I don't know. It's weird. Oh, and I forgot to mention it. It says at the end that no raccoons or tree creatures have been hurt in the making of this movie. I didn't notice that. That's pretty cool. And you get Howard the fucking duck. Did not expect that at all. Not in the slightest bit. I was expecting it to be something about the Infinity Stone. Sort of like collectors hanging out, and then like Thanos pops in and goes like, "Where's that fucking stone?" or something. And <laughs> nope, Seth Green playing fucking Howard the Duck, which got people like, excited got... for more Howard the Duck, though. <laughs> which is insane. Like. We got Howard the Duck in a movie before we got Nightwing. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks, movie gods. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, your uh, video should be ending, or if you're a little bit behind or something like that, it should be over already. And that does this for our audio commentary track. But um, thank you for listening to this. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button on uh, YouTube or Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, you know, any other kind of stuff that you're out there. Uh, same thing for everything action. Uh, Chang, you want to throw anything out there for yeah. people to follow? Thanks. Anything specific uh, or anything? Yeah, you could see uh, where I write and my friends write at everythingaction.com or check out our Twitter at evaction. Uh, or Twitter evaction. Yeah, go ahead and subscribe over there for all of his good stuff. And I don't know the next thing that I'm going to be posting on the Fanboys channel, but... I'm assuming it's probably going to be the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 tra uh, reviews. So if you followed this one because you like Guardians, then stay tuned because that'll be popping up sooner than later. 
maybe it'll be something else in the meantime. I don't know. But um, if you follow the wrestling side of things that I'm doing, check all that out on uh, smartoutmoment.com. And yeah, I think that's about it. So thanks for watching again, everybody. It's time for us to geek out. Adios. Thank you.